0: You are currently listening to Opening Up with Rachel Smith, an encouraging, light-hearted and uplifting podcast to inspire you on this journey called life. Hi everyone, this is editing Rachel here. Um, If you... I've come back for the second part with Jo and Rosie. and um, I'm literally just gonna jump straight into it um in the middle of the conversation that I fin- finished on in my last video. So if you haven't watched that, then please go back to last week's episode and check out part one, or else this one might not make much sense to you. I will um link it down below. But I hope that you enjoy this conversation. I hope that you get to um hear more and learn more about eating disorders. Um so yeah, just gonna get right back into it.
1: Um, So I would definitely say that, you know, as as a group, you know, we all have our own different experiences and different forms of eating disorder, but we all speak the same language. And that's a language that unless you do have an eating disorder, have experienced it, you may really struggle to kind of be on the same page. You know, it's one of those very, very complex conditions that, you know, means that trying to explain it is really really hard and it takes many different conversations to really start to help people to understand Mm -hmm. i know even with my family you know yes you know they intervened um last year because you know outwardly my weight had got so low and they started to become very concerned about me Um, And it's only kind of since then that I've started opening up that conversation. They're constantly learning more and more about what I'm having to navigate every single day. And what I find particularly challenging at the moment is the fact that, yes, you know, I'm starting nutritionally to be more well. And so my skin's improving, my hair's improving, my energy levels are improving. I've got more life in me. I've got more um, you know, sort of impetus for things and stuff as well. Yes, at the same time, I am still very uh, vulnerable and I Mm -hmm. still do have a lot that's going on that still needs working through. There's a lot of the emotional and psychological kind of issues associated with the eating disorder that are still there and will take time to work through. And so trying to explain to people what it is I'm still going through every single day and actually validating that for myself as well. Um, There's a lot of shame around an eating disorder, I think, isn't there, Rosie? And it's sort of that shame of why can't you just sort yourself out, just eat food for crying out loud, eat food, just make a decision, eat food, move on. And it's just like it's not that simple. Um, And each day comes with its challenges. And then when you kind of stitch everyday life into that and the challenges that come with that. I know certainly from my point of view, you know, my eating disorder has been so life limiting, it's been so isolating. I've avoided being together with friends and family and and everything because everything centres around food. And when you're trying so desperately hard to hide an eating disorder or avoid the things that would make the eating disorder harder or worse you know you will you will sort of do everything you can to just kind of I don't know keep yourself away even Mm -hmm. though the isolation and everything actually exacerbates the eating disorder and the psychological impact too so
0: I know recently well a few months ago now it was my birthday and I invited you and I remember the look of panic on your face and you're (laughs) like I really want to do it but I really have to work getting there and it was it was a journey for you to even show up to my birthday meal and yeah for me like i didn't think twice it was just a birthday meal but i know for you it obviously had very different implications and a mental struggle oh
1: it. massive but you see where i am with with you know my recovery now what 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 i realized was that it would be comfortable to have avoided that yeah. situation so i and i know that um you know, I know you could have you could have gone two ways. I guess I could have said to you, "Hold me accountable. Make mm-hmm. sure I come. Don't let me back out of this at all at any cost." And I know, as my as my best friend, that you would have absolutely done that mm-hmm. for me. But equally as well, I can imagine that if we hadn't had a conversation um, around that, where you wouldn't have wanted to pressurize me mm-hmm. into something that could have knocked back my recovery or could yeah. have made me very very uncomfortable. And I think it was one of those where what became really important to me when you proposed that whole kind of getting together for your birthday was that I think my, I I think for 20 years, I have missed so many occasions. I've I've missed so much connection with the people that mean the most to me. And I think in that moment of deciding to come for that meal with you, I couldn't take that route again mm-hmm. I couldn't miss out on something that was so important and actually what was more important to me was you and being with your friends and we just had such a nice day even though I loved your pizza it. was a very good pizza after all that my <laughs> <by> pizza <the> <laughs> that mental it was was so... <laughs> so disappointing I mean if you're going to go for pizza you expect it's going to be like the most epic pizza you've ever had um but the so, fact yeah, that you showed up but the fact like, that I yeah. showed up and you you and your friends you know I just just made it such a, a lovely experience for me and I just I'm so proud of myself I'm actually, proud of you too. For having, yeah I even texted you that stuff. after oh you yeah. did because
0: I just knew in that moment when you got home that was when kind of it would all just hit you and you'd be like what have I just done like and I just thought it was now is the time to reach out and just say like I'm so proud of you you showed up you ate what you ate and yes you didn't like the pizza but you still ate anyway <laughs> like you could have just avoided the full thing I mean I know you didn't eat it all but yeah
1: like you could have just totally avoided everything and just had a bowl of lettuce or something but totally. you didn't do that totally I could you know the old joe just would have given an excuse for not coming mm. I simply wouldn't have been there yeah you know and i don't know Rosie whether you've got lots of examples of that for your life as well i remember Rosie and i were chatting a while ago and i think it was one of the girls that you've been in in hospital with actually and she's like you know she's she's left the services now and she's off kind of embarking on her life and i think did you go round to her house on like a friday night or something for a bit of a girls night and and it was one of those where in the past you know you wouldn't have been able to kind of be part of that and Mm. things and you could see her kind of with this vibrancy for her life and you were just having such a nice time together weren't you and yeah
2: and
1: and I don't know she kind of has modeled to you what the possibilities are in terms of getting well
2: and what that means and yeah so yeah I met she's my best friend um but I met her in that hospital that I went to um and we were both the same same age going through the same thing we met in the same kind of dark place but we yeah we just connected and bonded so much um we have like the exact same sense of humor mm-hmm. and I she's one of my biggest inspirations because like Joe said she's now left um, eating soil services, Amazing. and she has a boyfriend. She's had a boyfriend for I think, I think over a year now. Um, and and that brings challenges in itself because especially oh, yeah, when you're trying to
0: get to know somebody, like the first thing you do is let's go for food, you know. Yeah, and or just <laughs> sat in front of the TV, like eating, like it's basic things like that that you don't think about that actually, you know. Yeah. One I know she's recovered, but. I think there's probably a part of you that will always kind of be in the back of your head somewhere. It'll still be there, the trigger almost. Um, But yeah, just simple
2: life tasks like that, like how much of an effect it can have on your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she... Like, he's really good for her, and they're they're such a good match. um, And she is also in college and studying, and she knows what she wants to do in the future. Um, And it just it's really good for me to see that knowing that we started mm-hmm. from the same point and though I'm still struggling it, I can see that it is possible and mm-hmm. it is attainable because she's gone and done that and she's a living example of it. Um, and yeah, it was, I think it was just a few months ago. Now I went to her house and it was Friday night and, um, she, I just, I just love her cause sometimes it'll be late at night and she'll just be like, fancy some food and then she'll just get up and she'll go to the kitchen and she'll just eat like three slices of bread wow just going
0: and she has absolutely no kind Mm. of issues anymore she'll just eat the bread and not think about it yeah
2: and yeah she ate the bread and then she had um a packet of strawberry laces and then she ate half a packet of um biscuits and then wow. she ate a croissant and it was just random <laughs> things because she wanted them and like it just and I find that when I'm with her and I'm living in the moment with her I just fall into it really easily and I do things that I would struggle to do on my own mm. because I don't know she like she brings out that side in me that so she makes you feel safe as well of, I yeah. Guess. yeah and I although she's eating all these things and like she has physically recovered quite a lot and she's happy like I don't think any different of her for gaining weight and not struggling as much with an eating disorder anymore mm. so why should I think less of myself for doing the same yeah absolutely um and yeah I think if you can find people like that in your life who Are good for you and who bring out the best in you, it is really crucial to stay close with them in recovery, which I think is why it's so nice at our clinic. We we are so different, like me and Joe, we're completely different. (laughs) Yeah. But we get on really well. From the first time I met you, I Mm. knew that we have, although our eating disorders and our symptoms and things are really different and our past lives are really different, there's also a lot of things that we have in common that yeah. really connect us.
0: And I think that's something that I talk a lot about on the podcast and YouTube, that people can go through very similar journeys, but their journeys are never the same. Yeah. Like, yeah. There, there's so many ways somebody can experience the same thing, like an eating disorder. Like, There's thousands of ways people can experience the eating disorder, but... You have to find people who kind of have similar experiences and go through that journey with them and just know that your journey is not right or wrong because it's not the same to anybody else. because, obviously, sit and listen to Joe and Rosie today, like, you can see just how different, not only their ages, like you were just saying, their paths of life. There's so many things about their lives that are so different, yet they are still on a similar journey at the end of the day. And I know we've kind of spoke, spoke a lot about... Um, your recovery and um, just as much as you're both comfortable with, and um, what do you kind of deal with on a day to day in terms of your eating disorder and kind
1: of the mental struggles with that? You
2: know um.
1: Well, it's funny because I would say since starting with the clinic a few months ago, you know, some of that is is starting to get a little bit easier because of the fact that there are sort of foundational things that they help you to put in place. So before I went into the clinic, i um was really struggling with every single meal that i was having to navigate at the kitchen counter you know and i'd I'd, I'd identified certain foods as good and bad Mm -hmm. i'd um you know i I could choose one thing over something else when you know it but they could have exactly the same calories but one of them be really dangerous and one of them be absolutely fine and so the the variety of food available to me was really really Mm -hmm. limited and so by starting at the clinic, what we what we get is a kind of nutritional plan that we can follow, which provides us with, you know, a more balanced diet overall mm-hmm. from a greater kind of wider scope of, of foods. But essentially we're the ones that have to start implementing that and start doing it, which yeah. in itself has it, it continues to be a challenge. My kind of challenges, you know, now are the fact that actually yes, there's more breadth to what I'm eating, I'm eating more calories as well as more kind of variety of food, but there's still foods that on a day-to-day basis present a real challenge to me. In the clinic, we do have opportunities to kind of challenge foods to kind of get rid of this good or bad sort of label that go Mm. against it but even with that you know that's really quite a scary prospect so with having an eating disorder it is all around control it's all around kind of knowing what you've got so even for me you know some of it's around the types of food maybe the combinations of food sometimes it's also as around as well around things like you know who's prepared the food and things Mm. as well so one of my biggest challenges and one of the most kind of saddening things for me has been that it's impossible for me to just randomly go to a friend's house and decide to stay for dinner because i haven't made that food i don't know what's gone into that food therefore i feel very fearful of that food mm-hmm. and so for me if you think about sort of day to day what i've got so far is is a life that is, is starting to to open up more because i've not got the complete preoccupation with food where everything I'm doing revolves around what I'm going to have for my food, what I've just eaten. It's like that constant sort of fear and panic state that I've been in, mm-hmm. which caused me a lot of brain fog and, and the lack of nutrition caused me a lot of brain fog as well. So that's starting to clear. But actually the whole kind of being able to to eat with other people still is a massive challenge for me being able and I'm, I'm doing some of that with friends intentionally in an attempt to help me mm. towards getting well um but also as well I would say that again different types of foods you know massive massive challenge for me as well so um and and every day every time that I decide to eat and sometimes I have to eat when because I'm eating quite regularly and there's an intention in that in terms of kind of resetting and restoring my health and wellness is that there are times where I have to eat when other people aren't eating Mm -hmm. and I would say that that on a day-to-day basis is very very difficult because there's a lot of for me there's a lot of shame around appetite so I um, have kind of well embedded within me this feeling of that I shouldn't feel hungry mm-hmm. and that goes a lot deeper than that that's like a, not only a hunger for food but that's a hunger for any need that I might have it you know that comes from the psychological side of things for me over all these years is that you shouldn't want for something and shrinking myself you know is is kind of a way of not taking up space mm-hmm. and things like that and so when I have to eat when other people aren't eating I feel very greedy I feel very uncomfortable with it as well I don't know whether you can kind of comment on that as well Rosie but you know I would say the day-to-day is not only about actually adhering to an eating pattern that doesn't feel normal
0: yeah this whole breakfast lunch dinner like you, and you with snacks of, in between yeah, and all the you rest kind of have that small chunks throughout the day yeah and I remember the first time you started doing that you was eating but when you were eating, you looked uncomfortable. Because like, yeah. you were just like, well, you're not eating, so I shouldn't eat. But obviously now you've become more comfortable. And it's just one of those things that why should it be normal that we have breakfast lunch and dinner we we should eat as and when our body needs to eat absolutely and that's exactly kind of what your program is
1: teaching you yeah you need to eat regularly in order to just keep feeding yourself absolutely and for your body to know that more food is coming Mm -hmm. because when you've starved it for as long as you have your body doesn't know and so you you can't function Mm. in any other area of your life because your body is overwhelming you with the sense of Where's the next bit of food coming from? Mm. So the preoccupation with food becomes overwhelming, yeah. and you're you're trapped, you're imprisoned by it. So so yeah, I don't know if that helps to kind of
2: give some essence of yeah, like, what's definitely. going on each day.
0: Uh, what would you kind of say for for you, Rosie? Because obviously you're on very different journey.
2: Yeah, I did. I definitely relate to um, a lot of the things that you said, and it kind of made me think back to when I was kind of first struggling and I was in college, like the preoccupation with food was massive for me. I remember in between lessons, like if I had a bit of free time, I didn't spend that studying or I didn't spend that um, socializing with friends. I would go on Instagram and look at like food accounts and look at recipes for things.
1: Oh my gosh, we were having a conversation the other day about this. And I loved the fact that you mentioned it because Rosie was saying that like, if she, if she wanted the cake, So so it was a cake that she wanted. Like, she couldn't just give herself the cake or just bake the cake with the usual sugar, butter, eggs... Um, you know, and flour. Instead, she'd be going onto a website, a blog, an Instagram account, and be looking for the healthiest version of the cake that oh, she could bake. Really? Yeah. yeah, so she'd be using like what was it, applesauce? Yeah, and um, like oat um, nice? um,
2: flour. Yeah, and... just bananas and honey and oats, and then it's like here's a cookie, and it wasn't a cookie. <laughs> it just it was wasn't. A cookie. wasn't. <laughs> no, and it didn't. It didn't fill that need. That mm. was actually you no. Know, I just like. Really want a cookie I just really want cake it was it, yeah it didn't even come close but you called it a muted version yes yeah, yeah like instead of this lovely like colorful high definition thing you had like this <laughs> muted kind of plain unflavored just yeah and it didn't it didn't hit the spot <laughs> um, but,
0: does it sound like
2: it no. <laughs> um but yeah i would definitely spend a lot of time and i when i was first kind of struggling i spent a lot of time um like tracking things that i ate and looking at making sure that what i ate was like um what i deemed as healthy and safe and sometimes on like a sunday night i would plan what i would have throughout the day for like getting on to wednesday thursday friday and it hadn't like let's just deal with the day that I've I'm living before getting on to like mm. what I'm eating on Thursday night. <laughs> Do you remember what you were up
1: here? Yeah, so I think um what I was just gonna say was that I think one of the other things as well, when you've got an eating disorder, when you've got the kind of foods that you class as being good and healthy and things like that, what you always feel is is um that your decisions are so driven by your eating disorder that everybody else can have but you can't Mm. that you're somehow different so what it means is that you know you see other people out there you know like people of your age you know and or just enjoying life and just going with the flow of life that you know food is so beautifully kind of interwoven into that Mm. but it's almost like they can have a pizza but I can't you know, it's almost mm-hmm. as in like you're constantly navigating that, aren't you, around, it's a little bit like the cake, cake example that you mm-hmm. gave, that, well, you can have the cake, but you can have a muted version of it, you can't have the true cake, mm-hmm. and the same thing goes for, I think, just generally as you're in your eating disorder, it's almost like that person can have that lovely panini or sandwich mm-hmm. or whatever it is, but I've got to sit here with my whatever it is that I remember just is one like night surprising. you phoned me
0: and you're your kitchen counter you're like I just I think it was pizza I don't, I don't remember what it was but you're just like I just want to eat the pizza but I can't physically eat the pizza yeah yeah like, I just want to go to the shop and eat the pizza
1: buy a pizza and eat it but I can't physically do it yeah and I knew at that point as well that my body was desperate mm-hmm. it's almost like you know your body doesn't lie mm-hmm. and it's really funny because I have i know that my my body often will tell me it's like i need a bit of fat today or Mm. i need some extra carbohydrates so you just need some extra calories today but my eating disorder is so loud and so strong that it almost makes me um deny what my body naturally wants and the thing with eating to a plan is the fact that you know the plan is safe to a point but what the plan doesn't allow you to do is to deviate to what your body might need in that moment. And it doesn't allow you to honor what it is that a human body could want. So people without an eating disorder, you know, they may have one day where they eat, you know, everything that they just absolutely love. And it might be the next day that they just don't necessarily, you know, feel that hungry mm-hmm. and they can decide that, oh, well, this morning I'm just not going to have as much or I only just fancy a piece of toast or whatever that is. But with, with when you've got an eating disorder, you know, it's almost like it's so hard to be able to to kind of go off the plan because yeah. the plan doesn't, outside of the plan doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. So it leaves very little room for fluidity, spontaneity and things like that. So it, it's that that I would say that I definitely still navigate every single day at the moment because I can see the plus points of the nutrition plan and how well that's working for me but in real life it it won't work for the long term so it will need to constantly keep evolving Mm -hmm. and that's where our role in in looking after our own recovery is that right okay well when are we going to challenge being off that Mm -hmm. and how much of an evidence bank can we kind of build up so that we start to trust it? Yeah, A bit like your friend where she can go, right, okay, I'm going to have a croissant at, you know, midnight. A real croissant, not a, a low-definition croissant. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking about this at clinic the other day, actually, as well, because, you know, um, we were talking about um, having breakfast together because we do eat together when we're, we're there. And we were saying, you know, we all kind of have our own typical breakfast that we have. Yeah you know, what What kind of breakfast does your heart really want? Yeah, Like, you know, and, and it was amazing to go around the table, each person to speak, and what each person lit up like you wouldn't believe <laughs> yeah. how much. It was absolutely yeah. awesome to see of each one of us. Um, yeah, so um, I think mine... I can't remember exactly what I said. I think I said mine would be buttermilk, buttermilk pancakes. I knew you to pancakes. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to, yeah. <laughs> and they would be, have to be with maple syrup and like some smoky bacon and, and stuff on as well. Um, and maybe just like a bit of Greek yogurt and berries as well. Like, I love that mean? kind of thing. Um, I, I
2: I did actually used to have it, but I had it in hospital. So it's like, I, <laughs> I had it. I had it. That I know. Yeah. It seems like it would ruin it, but it, it I actually... wasn't
1: sure if you were going to give the ex- uh, give because you gave two when when we sat there, I didn't give two examples. and I wasn't sure whether you were going to give <laughs>
2: which the one, move. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that had that in hospital. <laughs> oh, well. So I thought we used um, in hospital. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of them was um, it was actually in hospital that the first place that introduced me to biscoff, biscoff Ooh, spread. Yeah. Okay. Um, I. Had uh biscoff on crumpets on crumpets, yeah, and it sounds weird, it sounds like it shouldn't be that a sounds thing. sounds disgusting, but no, it's, it's so nice. When oh. Rosie described it the
1: other day, she talked about how, like, you'd put the biscoff on top of the the crumpets and it like sort of soaks in because melts. of the heat of the, cr- of the crumpets, so yeah.
2: But the taste like of the biscoff doesn't match the crumpet, though, it does see, it just does. Don't knock it till you've tried it. Okay, you
0: are right. I do need to try it. Yeah. I'd have a crumpet with butter and let the butter like soak in.
2: Yeah, I mean, nice? I've had that in the past, but now that I know Biscoff and crumpets, oh, I would it just. It does not back. sound
0: like it should go together. It
2: I does. love that. It does. You said it was like a dessert, didn't Yeah, know, it almost tastes around, like cake. So it's a cake. like it machine,
0: A high yeah. definition or a low definition cake? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. That's so. Yeah, I know that doesn't. Maybe I'll try it. You
2: should. should. I recommend.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, just thank you so much for both of you um, just coming on the podcast and YouTube today and just sharing your stories and going into a little more detail. Maybe we could do a follow up in a couple of months just to see kind of where your recovery is going and if you have any new details or anything that you'd yeah. like to share and if anybody's listening or watching and has any questions then please feel free to um reach out to myself and I can pass the messages along um if you want to um reach out to any of these lovely ladies then please feel free um but yeah just thank you so much yeah. like honestly like it's it's not easy to sit
1: here and open up so I really do appreciate it's, that. it's really not but I think also as well like I'm just massively grateful of the fact that knowing you is like opening up this opportunity for for me to start putting a voice to something that i've hidden for as long as i have and yeah it's taken a lot of boldness and a lot of courage to sit here today but i'm just so glad of it and i'm so glad of the fact that i've been able to do this you know alongside my best friend and also as well with rosie here as well you know when when we were talking about the podcast all i could think was this is the person i'd like to have sharing her story as well
0: oh well thank you thank you Mm. (laughs) um yeah i hope you come back next week for a another episode and i hope you all have a good week and i will see you soon bye thank you for listening to opening up with rachel smith i hope to see you back for future episodes so we can all continue growing and figuring this thing called life out